Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I want to invite you to the 2021 Small Church Leadership Conference. The theme is Climb. This is for anyone who wants to grow, who's leading a small ministry or small church, and who desires to get inspired and get encouraged coming out of COVID. This is the second conference that we've had. The first one we entitled Look Up, but this one is called Climb. It's December 2nd through 5th, 2021, December 2nd through 5th of this year in Dallas, Texas. We're staying at the Marriott Las Colinas. We've arranged hotel prices of $109 per night. Early registration is $125 until June 30th. Then it goes up to $150 until August 31st. And after that, it'll be $175. So please, you don't want to miss this event. It's going to be so inspiring, so encouraging, so equipping. You can register today at robskinner.com and look for the Climb Conference tab. That's robskinner.com forward slash climb dash conference. I look forward to seeing you in Dallas in December of 2021. Mike and Jody, welcome to the program. Thank, Thank you. you, Rob. It's great to be here. Great to have you here. I know it. It's it's. I can't help but think it's a miracle of God that not much over a couple of weeks ago we were in Flagstaff together. You were down there dropping off your son Ethan, who's going to be going to Northern Arizona University and is on the mission team by default. And you decided to spend a week with us as we were sharing and reaching out. It was awesome to have you there. Thank you for coming. Oh, it was great to be there, bro. It was really refreshing for my faith, and I'm grateful we got to meet and spend some time together. It was great. We had some great memories. Uh, Mike is a fantastic golfer, and <laughs> so we one time we did go out golfing, and we were on the course. I'm just getting started, and we were playing with Brian Mackey and Mike and myself, and another two guys walked up behind us, and Mike said, do you want to play through? And they said, oh, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll go ahead and join you. And it was late in the day, and I, was, I had a sense of foreboding. I just thought, this is not a good situation. But they did join us. <laughs> Turned out one of them was an assistant golf pro, and the other person oh, wow. played daily was, was working on the course. Both were excellent. Right. And of that five, I was absolutely the worst player. <laughs> and you know you're in a bad situation when everyone's trying to encourage you the whole time. Like, hey, that was, that was actually closer then the last one, that was actually a little farther than you hit last time. Good. Good for you. I was, oh, it was such a humiliating situation. But I've got to hand it to you, Mike. You, you are one of the most encouraging guys that I know. You've got a gift for encouragement. I remember. And, and you're better than you think you are at this stage of the game. So you're clearly a good learner, have listened very well to those who have taught you. That's so. great. Well, let me, let me ask you guys, how did you guys become Christians? Yeah, um, so I grew up in Boulder, Colorado and going to a mainline Church of Christ there. Um, and, you know, growing up really in a saved environment, in a safe environment, it, I didn't immediately see my need for Jesus, for the gospel. Um, but in high school, my senior year of high school is when I really started kind of feeling the emptiness. And um, that's when I study the Bible, fell in love with Jesus, and I was baptized right after I graduated from high school. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, um, 
I grew up uh, kind of around church off and on, but really the whole goal grooming of my life was to become a professional baseball player. That was my dad's dream. Um, Shattered my pitching hand senior year of high school. And so ended up going away to college in North Carolina, uh, just on academic scholarship, kind of the dream of baseball was gone. Uh, but my, um, in between my sophomore and junior year, my parents lived in Las Vegas. So I was in Las Vegas for the summer, um, thought just for the summer. Uh, my academic scholarship got uh, cut. So I ended up enrolling at UNLV for what I thought would be just one semester while I figured out how to get back to North Carolina. Um, <clears throat> since I was conscious of God, I thought, uh, why does God have me here? Why mm. did my scholarship get cut? Mm. And I was convinced it was my second chance at baseball. So I was uh, working to walk on the UNLV baseball team and uh, blew my pitching elbow out. Oh, no. Um, yeah. So that made me honestly start questioning God. I uh, grew angry at God. Uh, you took my scholarship, you took my baseball. Um, but it also made me evaluate my life. And I started uh, thinking through my past and all the sin I had committed and what, why would God punish me like this? I think my view of God was wrong, but it got me thinking about right. life. And so I actually one night went looking for a church on my bicycle, just <laughs> driving around or riding around the neighborhood looking for a church. And... Um, not ironically, you know, obviously God's intervention, uh, just a couple of days after riding my bike around looking for a church, a disciple walked up to me on campus. <coughs> Sorry. Um, it's probably edit portion, huh? <laughs> um, so uh, just a couple of days after riding the bike around looking for a church, disciple walked up to me on campus, um, introduced himself, asked if I wanted to come to church, which to me blew my mind because mm. I had been riding around looking right. for a church. I had gone and bought a Bible um, wow. like a week before and was trying to read it on my own and was totally lost. Uh, and then he asked me if I wanted to study the Bible, which is really what I wanted to right. do at the time. Um, so I blew him off for church, <laughs> but I showed up for the Bible study and uh, yeah, about two and a half weeks later, got baptized. So, wow. That's great. How did you break your hand playing baseball? Like A uh, fit of rage. Oh, uh, no. During a pickup basketball game, had a fit of rage and punched the bleachers and uh, oh my shattered, uh, yeah, full puncture wound, everything. Just oh. shattered my hand. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. But God knew what I needed to that's, that's right. take away my idols. That's so. right. Yeah. So you became a Christian in, in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And then how did you guys meet? We met in Riverside, California. Um, we both had moved out there to help uh, build the church um, in the Inland Empire. Mm -hmm. And Mike was actually dating at the time, but we were leading, we started leading a campus ministry together. Correct, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, we met each other out there, didn't, I mean, we were put to lead together, but we didn't, well, we, we didn't like each other at first. <laughs> Definitely not love at first sight. No. Um, but through leading together, I think, I, I'm certainly the one that started to like her first. Um, 
uh, ended up breaking up with the girlfriend that I had because I felt guilty that I liked Jody but was dating somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. we met that way, and you know, it took about three years before we fell in love, or before she fell in love. Okay, so it was it was kind of a slow burner. It was yeah, a slow it burner. Was. Yes. It was. Yes. Okay. Well, Jody, actually, in talking to you last night, I realized we had some connections because yeah. you're kind of in my mind a little bit of Church of Christ royalty. Your your parents were elders in the Boulder Church. You were. You were there during the time when Tom Brown, Tom Marks, mm-hmm. Tom Snyder, Doug Beatty were there in, in the Boulder Church. It was cranking at CU Colorado. The Simmons were there uh, maybe later mm-hmm. after that. But And then your brother, Tim, I didn't realize is your brother because I, I was mentioned, hey, do you know the priestly? <laughs> and you said, that's, that's, that's my family. <laughs> but Tim Priestley uh, came out to to Berkeley yeah. in uh, 86, 87, right around that time and spent a summer. We actually lived together. <laughs> and so that's, that's a cool connection there. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. But uh, anyway, how, okay. So you guys got married and then tell, just where'd you, how'd you get to Fort Collins? Give us the fast forward, all the places you've been since that time. All right. So yeah, that was in Riverside, California. We got married in uh, 1996. Um, about a year and a half later, uh, we were asked to go into full-time ministry there in Riverside. Uh, so we did that. Um, you know, over the next eight years, we were in uh, either the Riverside area, either right. Riverside or Marina Valley, and uh, had both of our children uh, were born during that time. Um, and then uh, we ended up getting out of the ministry and moved to be closer to her family. So we came out to Broomfield, Colorado. We're a part of the Denver church and served in the teen ministry during the year we were here. Uh, We were encouraged to go back in the ministry at that time. And so uh, an opportunity opened up in Burlington, Vermont. So we moved to Burlington, Vermont in 2007, uh, served the church there for three years. And um, then in 2010, uh, we moved to uh, work with youth and family ministry in the Potomac Valley Church uh, in uh, Virginia. And um, <clears throat> worked with youth and family for a while, ended up leading the church there for a while. And uh, after being there four years, um, it was always kind of in the back of our mind to maybe come back to the Colorado mm-hmm. with uh, her parents being here. And um, that, that was one of the reasons we moved here back in 2006. Um, so when the Fort Collins, uh, came open, her parents contacted us, encouraged us to, uh, you know, look into it. Smart. Yeah. And so we did. And I contacted Hans Rasmussen, who the Rasmussens, uh, led the church here before us, did a great mm-hmm. job with the church, but they were moving on to Denver. And so, um, yeah, ended up back in Fort Collins in 2000 or not back in Fort Collins, but back in Colorado in Fort Collins, moved here in 2014 and have been here since then love it here love the church here love the area i mean it is a piece of paradise yesterday i i woke up and was with uh josh and stacy peterson in albuquerque mexico and then rode my motorcycle straight up i-25 wow. past pueblo and, and right. colorado springs and denver and then up to fort collins and the mountains i mean 
the whole ride mm-hmm. was absolutely it's 500 miles of total beauty right just endless skies yeah, that's awesome beautiful mountains i mean it what blew my mind it was the, definitely the favorite part of the trip so far you guys live in a beautiful area <laughs> yeah we do we do we are certainly blessed to see the beauty of god's creation yeah uh, consistently that's great well i know that you've done a great job here in in uh, fort collins and I wrote a book called Zero to 100. I renamed it How to Plant and Grow a Church. But the goal was how to get, how to get churches to 100, which is kind of a, a stable point where it's, it's solid and it's able to kind of move on from there. But you took over a church as about 60. It went to 100. So congratulations. Not many leaders are able to do that. Can you share, share with me, what did you do? How how did you help the church that had been here for quite a while prior to your coming to start growing again and then move on to that important, you know, plateau or so? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, um, so... I think coming in, you know, every place is unique, you know, and so you come in and you try to find out, you know, what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses of the group, and um, because God, God can work through anyone right. in mm-hmm. any situation, and um, but I think early on, uh, I know for me personally, um, of course, I'd been a Christian for a long time and been a minister for a long time, but um, it's so easy to get uh, caught up in you know, whatever issue is going on in the fellowship. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I just remember reading a passage that um, we, of course, I had read many times um, in First Corinthians, uh, Jews demand signs and Greeks want knowledge, uh, but we preach Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. And a little bit later, Paul said, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. And I remember just making a decision that that's what we're going to do. We're mm-hmm. just going, we're a smaller church. Some people want to be impressed like right. the Jews. Right. And, you know, um, people want, some just want the deeper knowledge and all of this. And it's like, you know what? <laughs> we're not going to make a difference with our wit, wisdom, creativity mm-hmm. as much. There's value to those things. But it's about Christ crucified. So that's just what we're going to emphasize. We're going to focus in on Jesus um, Christ crucified, the grace of God. You know, it's the grace of God that's going to save people. You know, it's the grace of God that's going to help us stay focused um, on what we need to be doing as Christians and who we need to be becoming. It's the the cross that we need to go back to for our motivation as Christians. So really early on, I think, um, just Paul's conviction, adopting that conviction of just emphasizing Christ crucified, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and um, uh, just watching people, the the freedom that comes from that, the freedom that Mm -hmm. comes from knowing that, hey, we're going to make some mistakes here and there, Mm -hmm. uh, but we don't have to pretend. We can be vulnerable. We can Mm -hmm. be real. We can be open, and the grace of God will restore us. Right. Um, uh, We don't have to figure out creative ways Um, people need Jesus. That's Uh what they need. Let's preach him and let's watch him work uh, in changing people's hearts and Mm. changing people's lives. Um, And so, yeah, it's been cool to see 
uh, just to see that simple command of fixing your eyes on Jesus That's uh, awesome. work in people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think um, Mike is really great at doing that and just centering the church on Jesus. He spent at least a year going through the Gospel of Mark, um, which was great. Uh, I think that for me, if I can just help women fall in love with Jesus and stay in love with Jesus, um, that's it, you know? Uh, and I think just continually bringing people back because there's obviously in life so many distractions and so many things that vie for our attention. Um, and it's just fighting to, to get people back to Christ and mm -hmm. to get people back to God's story and, and reminding them of that and to, to live for eternity and not just for, you know, what's right in front of us. Mm. That's powerful. And it, what I see there is that it's just kind of a, a simple focus, get focused on Christ in our, our current cultural situation where there's all sorts of currents going around, just, you know, your, your head is got whiplash trying to keep up with the latest trend, the latest uh, movement that's going on. What's your approach going forward? Anything different? Not really. I really believe the gospel is the solution for all things. And that doesn't mean these things that are happening are not important. Mm -hmm. They yeah. are. They're important to people's lives. It has impact on people. Um, but ultimately, uh, we are sinful. Uh, we've rebelled against God, we meaning all people. And Jesus is the solution that mm -hmm. God has provided for that. And um, uh, he's the proof of God's love for us in spite of our brokenness. And so I really believe the gospel is the solution. So will we have to navigate some different things? Absolutely. And are yeah. we? Absolutely. But change in approach? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think it's mm -hmm. let's focus on Jesus. Let's let him heal us. Let's let him direct us through his teachings on how to navigate all of this. Um, let's imitate his grace toward people mm -hmm. as we try to navigate and, and mm -hmm. make mistakes, you know? Yeah. And Jesus was never, he was never captured by the culture's agenda. He mm -hmm. was just anchored in God and, and we have to figure that out. Yeah, that's great. Mike, on a side note, you strike me as a, a deep feeler. And this, this really took me by surprise because we were talking about something earlier that was difficult, challenging for you, and and you started to, to tear up a little bit, or I could tell you're, which which is really funny to me because you strike me as a very composed and uh, I wouldn't say an emotional appearing person. Can you tell me where that comes from? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I am kind of a combination of those. I was a math major in college, very right. logical, very... <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. I, I mean, I think my dad is a very uh, emotional person, not in a bad sense, but he um, feels mm -hmm. deeply. And when he feels deeply about things, he's not afraid to hide his emotions. So um, I saw more of that after I was an adult from him than as a child. But there's probably some sort of influence from my dad. Um, I think some of it honestly comes from just the freedom we have in Christ. Mm. I think before I was a Christian, I wasn't necessarily that way. But um, 
you know, uh, the way God's grace frees us up to be who we are, I, I think it's allowed me to not be afraid of that, to not be afraid of uh, showing what God has created me to feel deeply. Mm -hmm. And rather than to feel ashamed of that, um, there's a freedom to just be who God created me to be. Right. So. That's great. I think that's a, a strength is something I've definitely been working on trying to uh, pull out that emotional component because there's power and people want to be connected and feel close to God. They want to feel mm -hmm. things deeply. And especially for guys, a lot of times they don't mm -hmm. feel like they've got the permission to do that. It was interesting when we were in Flagstaff because it was both you, Brian Mackey, who leads the church there. You're both math majors. Huh. It, it was almost like father, son, or maybe older brother, <laughs> a younger brother golfing with you guys. Uh, but underneath the surface, I see a, a deep passion, a, a deep commitment that I didn't see initially. Now, let's go back and talk a little bit about the ministry. Your campus ministry has done really well. And it for, I, I heard this secondhand through Tabby Gully, who's in our church and used to be in your church. And she just shared their the campus ministry at Colorado State has taken off. Can you tell me what you did? What what went on there? Uh, we started praying a lot <laughs> yeah. and planning. I think when we moved here, um, of course, small church. You've done small church. We've those who've done it. When we first moved here, um, uh, we were it as far as staff uh, goes. Um, there had been a campus intern that was here the previous year, but he was leaving right as we were coming in. So for the first year and a half, two years, was it two years? Probably the first two years, we tried doing both. We tried, uh, or we were doing both. We were leading the church, but we were also leading the campus ministry. And um, we, you know, during that time, we just started praying a lot because we knew that in order to really give the attention that both need, it would be great to have someone who can focus on the campus ministry. And so uh, there was a brother here at the time that I hoped would be that guy. He was getting ready to graduate, but God took him elsewhere. He had great dreams. He ended up doing a one-year challenge somewhere else. But we, uh, so we were just praying um, that God would bring somebody uh, that he had called to, to that task. And then we could focus more on, you know, leading the church as a whole. And uh, God blessed us. He gave us, uh, there was a brother, Daniel Garcia, who was in Albuquerque at the time. And uh, Josh Peterson connected us. Uh, we had put out an ad and Josh saw it, so he connected us. And Daniel and I hit it off uh, mm -hmm. immediately. Um, I think our, our focus on the gospel was very similar, just the simplicity of that. And so uh, Daniel moved up here in 2016, mm -hmm. fall of 2016. And uh, <clears throat> God just worked through him a lot. Um, again, I think a simple focus of let's get up and let's share the gospel on campus. And... Um, that's, uh, you know, as, as we find people are interested, let's just as, as early and as often as possible, let's get the gospel message to mm -hmm. them, uh, help them see their sinfulness, help them see the love of God on the cross and, and respond to it. And uh, really did create, uh, I feel like God through him really created a great environment of, of the mission and um, uh, uh, really going after this need that people have on the campus. Ultimately, again, like we talked about earlier, there's a lot of issues, there's a lot of distractions, but at the end of the day, people need to be reconciled to God. Mm. And um, I feel like God blessed him with a great focus on that. We, we were able to be great partners in the gospel mm -hmm. together. And um, 
God bless the efforts. And we did. We got to see a lot of people responding to the gospel and get to see a kind of a culture developed. Well, one, one thing that I heard was that it, you convert a lot of guys mm. in particular. Yes. And I think that's, that's unique. Was there something special you were doing? Um, well, six months before Daniel got here, we fasted every week. Mike and I fasted once a week and then called our leaders to fast, I think, once a month with us. Um, and I think that God just works through that. You know, mm -hmm. it's supernatural. Um, but that was, you know, something we really focused on for a time is just fasting. Yeah, I agree with that from obviously God's working on it. I think on a practical sense for guys, um, you know, campus ministry is a fun ministry. It it's one where your activities, you're trying to draw people and have fun. I think we did intentionally from a practical sense, uh, we did intentionally do activities that were attra would attract guys. Yeah. <laughs> Simple right. thought, but you know, um, uh, things that guys are drawn to. Mm. And so, and God brought them, mm. you know, and opened up their hearts. And, uh, but certainly the, the spiritual side mm -hmm. of it, uh, you're right. I'd forgotten about the timing of that. That was the timing that we were fasting every week and had the church joining in. Yeah. That's great. Let me just ask you this question. If someone were to ask you to speak at, at a conference at a, let's say any kind of a, where do you consider your area of expertise to be? Where, where do you feel like this is, this is what I feel like God has given me as a special gift to other people? I, I can share first about Jody. I think Jody is very, God has really gifted her with the ability to uh, just be very thoughtful about individual people, where they're at, what they need, and to be an encourager to them. Uh, we face a lot of challenges in mm -hmm. life. And, you know, uh, our brothers and sisters in the church on a day-to-day -day basis are, are facing a lot. Right. And God has really gifted Jody with the ability to see that and then just know how to provide specific encouragement that helps people stay on track, stay focused, not give up. Let's keep pressing forward. And so she is just very gifted with providing that type of encouragement that frankly, all of us need right. throughout the Christian life. Mm. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Mike, he's an excellent learner. Like he always has the posture of a learner, always taking notes, um, no matter who's up there speaking, um, knows his Bible, studies it. He's just, he's just self-taught and it's really made him a great teacher. Um, great at, at teaching the gospel, getting people centered on the gospel, um, and, and, you know, a great minister. Like, he never views, you know, ministry as a full-time job. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's not a hired hand. Like, he lays it all out and, and wants to do what's best for the church. Um, will frequently ask for pay cuts. <laughs> um, um, you know, just wants... Just, is a great shepherd, you know, in that sense and really, you know, taking care of the church and uh, wanting to do what's best. Thank you. <laughs> to give some context to that pay cut question, someone listen now, why are you asking for pay cuts? There's some context to that. that. I think um, 
you know, uh, uh, we've loved di different sized churches, but I think one of the challenges with smaller churches like this is the financial resources you right. have. Sure. And um, uh, the, the context of the pay cuts has been when we look at church, like a situation where we were hiring, we needed to bring someone in for the campus. You don't necessarily, a lot of small churches, we don't necessarily have all the resources to do that. And so the context of that has been, hey, what do we need to do? If, if the church really needs this and we don't have the resources, why not us take pay cuts? Mm. I can get a part-time job. I mean, we've done ministry at times where we're fully supported right. financially like we are now. Uh, we've done it where um, I'm working a secular job. I know you, ex you know that right. very well. Sure. I'm working a secular job and we're doing mm -hmm. ministry. We've had times where we're being partially supported by the church and I'm working a part-time job. And so just the willingness, it's more comes from the willingness of do, to do what's necessary for the existing resources to meet the needs mm. of the church. So that's the context right. of her comment. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's like 1 Corinthians 9 where Paul talks mm. about, you know, I'll do anything to, to save a few. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great attitude to have. Now, looking forward, what what are you excited about going forward? Do you have any plans for mission plantings? Any any what what are you thinking your next step coming out of COVID is going to be? That's a great question. Um, part of our part of the Fort Collins Church for probably the past 10, 15 years has been a group in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, for years, they would come up every week for church, uh, and but it's you know it's 45 minutes away. It's in a different state, and and they need to be their own church. And we've really, it's been challenging. And they've started meeting on their own, and then COVID really pushed them to, they had to meet on their own. Um, and they've done a great job. Uh, God recently, something we've been praying for for years, has moved a, a couple there amazing hearts, um, Dwight and Pam Harbin from New York, um, and just how God sort of worked it out for them to move there. They're great shepherds. And so we really have, you know, a vision for them to be their own church. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been cool to see God bring that together, as, as she mentioned, because there were all these challenges. And through COVID, which is a challenge, mm -hmm. it kind of forced them to meet on their own. And through right. that, they've really taken ownership of the group. And it's been cool to see mm -hmm. the vision that the brothers and sisters up there have gotten for, uh, you know, impacting that area for God. Um, you know, even the time we've been here, it's gone from what, like maybe six disciples up there. And now there's 17. And um, it's cool to see God pull that together. So that's something we're uh, excited to see what God's going to do with that. Um, uh, we have a another outer line ministry out in Greeley, which is east, about 45 minutes, and there's a university out there uh, that we're uh, looking forward to getting that going, because um, uh, our, our ministry has been focused, our campus ministry has been focused at Colorado State University, um, but University of Northern Colorado, looking forward to get that going, and we actually, um, you know, the, the, uh, brother that we mentioned earlier that did really well with the campus ministry here uh, 
actually he ended up getting married great sister who was trained out in the acr acr did a great job with her and um they fell in love got married she served here for about a year and a half but they they uh last fall moved away um they are uh, serving uh, youth and family in cincinnati now uh, so we've been praying again looking for a new campus minister and we're excited to to um, the new chapter for our campus ministry here is we have a brother that we just hired, uh, actually just moved in two days ago. That's great. And it's going to be starting in the fall. So we're excited to see the next chapter for our campus ministry as well. And uh, something really cool, right? Uh, this area in Fort Collins, it's college town. And uh, for the longest time, uh, Colorado State was just a place where people would come and go to school and love the area, but couldn't find jobs in the area. So we were missing that. Uh, uh, demographic in the church of what we would consider, you know, young singles, professionals, right, right. because they would they would graduate and move to Denver to right. get work. Sure. Um, but the area has grown a lot, a lot more jobs, and it's been cool the last couple of years. Um, uh, God's actually built up that demographic, not only in the church but in the in the town. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, right before COVID hit, we started a Yo, Yo Pro ministry. Uh, for the first time, and then COVID hit, and it was kind of like, ah, <laughs> you know, we just got this new ministry off the ground, but they've done a great job, mm -hmm. really, um, uh, just their, their camaraderie together, you know, we had a great young married couple uh, at the beginning of this year step up and say, yeah. hey, uh, we'll lead it, yeah. and they've done a great job Jimmy with and it, Stephanie. And mm -hmm. Jimmy and Stephanie Preciado, they've done a great job with it, and uh, it's been cool because, you know, as we're coming out of COVID, they, they built this camaraderie, but they're so committed to being involved in the community. And again, that demographic in our community has, has grown up. So for the first time, we're seeing this part of the church grow. So Mike and Jody, you've gone through some tough times. You stepped out of the ministry, got back into the ministry. Mike, you're sharing about a, a very difficult situation you faced while you're here in Fort Collins. It was emotionally draining. Now COVID, you've been in the ministry a long time and and yet you just keep on plugging away, keep on making disciples. How do you do that? How do you keep coming back through challenging and difficult times? I mean, I think there are times in life where you just have to make a decision to not quit <laughs> and, and, uh, and just knowing it's going to get better. Um, and maybe it'll get better when heaven hits, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but I think sometimes you just have to not quit and just keep going and do what's right and know that God's going to bless it, you know, one way or another, mm -hmm. whether we, we see it, whether we can make sense of it. But I think there are times in life where, yeah, just got to keep doing what's right. I think our kids are a huge motivator. Um, um, you know, so much of what we do, it's, it's for them. It's an example for them. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to sound like a broken record, but um, <laughs> I, I, I think it really is fixing our eyes on Jesus. Mm. Um, because I've certainly, you know, you mentioned things we've been through and how do we keep going? I've certainly had the times where I'm tempted to not right. keep going. Yeah. There's times where it feels too much. There's times where you can doubt, is God with me? Does God love me? And the cross, fixing my eyes on him, and the cross is proof that he loves me. Mm. You know, when I look at that, I, I say a lot that, um, you know, obviously Jesus 
died. I mean, what he went through was, was horrific and traumatic and in no way did it mean God didn't love mm. him. It was actually proof that God did. And so those thoughts, those ideas of understanding that um, whatever it is we're going through, God is sovereign. This is a part of his plan. It doesn't mean the absence of his love or his involvement. And of course, those are easy things for me to say right now. Mm -hmm. When you're in the moment, as Jody mentioned, you've got to really dig deep. Mm. Um, but it really is fixing eyes on Jesus, the cross. And, and for us personally, as she mentioned, absolutely our children, because I, I do, I know that they, they're going to see how we respond to these challenging times. I want them to be faithful mm -hmm. all of their lives. And so there is a motivating factor of knowing my children are watching and my children, even if they're not watching, they'll be affected by the decisions of faith or lack of faith that we make. Mm. So. You've got great kids, Ethan and Avery, and they're, they're following Christ, which is exciting. Ethan's going off to NAU and is going to be on that mission team like we mentioned earlier. What's helped? I mean, you guys have gone through some difficult times, and everyone who's been in Christ for a while. I mean, I think about, as you're talking there, Paul himself shared, I want to know Christ and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. Right. And that, that those difficult times are part of knowing God, knowing Christ. And But what have you done? You've got great kids. What have you done to help them and to inspire them to want to follow Christ? Well, I think one thing um, is we got a lot of discipling, a lot of help. I'm really grateful for um, the people God put in our lives when we were young parents. Um, and uh, just we got a lot of input on how to raise our children, how to discipline them, how to what to focus on, what's most important in life. And um, I think some of that has been lost over the years in our church mm -hmm. churches. Um, there's so much value to those who God has allowed to walk the path before us and sitting at their feet and learning from them. Uh, obviously from the scriptures, but as, as people have lived the scriptures through their experiences. So I feel like we've had, um, you know, God is just blessed with a, a lot of wisdom and a lot of discipling over the years from that, um, as well as just uh, certainly in the formative years, having people involved in their lives besides us. I mean, we're doing our best yeah. to be a great example to them, but I mean, both of our children have had just great young men and women, you know, whether college students or young singles or young marrieds who've invested in them. I know this is another area Jody is so great in and hospitality is we have people in our home a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and those people get to know our children and those people are involved in our children's lives and, mm. and have helped our children navigate some tough times in their own journey right. and their own faith. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we first moved to Fort Collins, one of our, you know, concerns was there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of peers for our kids. Um, there wasn't really a youth ministry, um, but the campus kids really stepped in and just, you know, were great big brothers and sisters. So we're so grateful to them. We're so grateful that God has always provided what they needed. Um, we can think in our minds, oh. We, there needs to be a, a great teen ministry, you know, and, but God provided what they needed. And, um, and, you know, eventually there were, you know, some awesome teens converted and, you know, 
we have you know, a great teen ministry now for them, which has been really exciting and we're super grateful for. Yeah, and I would add to that, I mean, because obviously all of those things have been great, but I think as well as parents, we do have a responsibility mm -hmm. to be the ones to go, well, it's not the teen ministry's right. job or it's not the teen minister's job, but we need to have a faith ourselves that we pass on to them. We need to be very intentional in teaching the word mm -hmm. to our children. And uh, we can't make faith decisions for them, but creating an environment of faith mm. around them. And um, uh, there's a, I was at a youth and family conference many years ago, I think it was in New York. And uh, uh, it's, you hear those snippets that people will say over the years, just stick with you. And this one has always stuck with me. It was, a, I believe it was an elder in the London church shared at this that, um, Great parenting can overcome a poor teen ministry better than a great teen ministry can overcome poor parenting. And that's true. And that's always stuck with me, that's that whether true. or not we had a great teen ministry for our children or a great mm -hmm. children's ministry, which we believe in right. and want to have. Sure. But if we take the responsibility from God as parents, that it's our role to be this for our children, mm -hmm. that even if they're not in the perfect situation, um, they can connect to God, that they can have the source that's going to carry them through that's all of right. this. That's great. Great examples. In closing, what advice would you give to a person listening that wants to make this life count, wants to live a no regrets life? I have a couple of thoughts. Um, one, I would just say, stay the course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's easy to be on your highs right. and go for it. But the, some people have a short Christian life for sure. But for most of us, it's, it's a marathon. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna have ups. It's gonna have ups and downs. And uh, we've gotta stay the course. We've got to stay rooted. The, the cross of Christ has to stay at the forefront of our minds. Mm. Um, because that's why we're living this in anyway. right. And I know I've certainly had times where I've gotten my focus off of that. I've certainly had times where my motivations have gotten skewed. Um, but uh, if you're in a downtime right now, stay the course. Mm -hmm. You know, God is sovereign. Yeah. Uh, God has a plan that's greater than us. Um, I think the other thing would be um, don't be afraid to take uncomfortable steps of faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I know you've mentioned our son a couple of times going on this church planting. And as much as we would love him to stay close to home, I mean, mm -hmm. we have a great college right here right. in our town, exactly. Colorado State University. <laughs> as much as we, we would love him to stay here, and it would be so much more comfortable for him to stay here, um, we're super proud of him that the reason he's going to Flagstaff is because there's a church planting there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be uncomfortable for him. It's mm -hmm. going to be uncomfortable for us. Mm -hmm. uh, there may be some rocky points along the road, mm -hmm. uh, but I want him to grow in his faith. And yeah. so I think just don't be afraid to take steps that are uncomfortable um, simply because they're uncomfortable. Because right. those are the things that are going to stretch faith. Uh, those are the things that are going to build trust and reliance on God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would just say live for eternity. Like, don't let the fears and the distractions of the world pull you away from the beautiful story that, that God has us in. Um, 
and it's hard because, you know, it is a marathon and it's, it's so easy to just be earthbound Mm -hmm. instead of focused on, we have eternity ahead of us. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your tears. It's really, uh, respect you so much. And I'm so grateful to God that God has brought us together. And Mm -hmm. like I said at the beginning, just having you come to, to Flagstaff and, and we met once maybe, uh, and at a conference at the ACR region, but getting to know you just, I'm filled with respect for you, for your work and what you're doing here and, um, inspired. Thank you. Thank you so much. Likewise, Rob, you're, yeah. you're inspiring a lot of people even yeah. through doing this. So, thank you. uh, your example, your reputation really has made an incredible impact. Thank so. you. Well, one thing I'm excited about is the, the climb small church leadership conference that's coming up in December, December 2nd through 5th in Dallas, Texas. And this is something that I'm very committed to. I'm riding coast to coast. I'm here in the middle of the country here in Fort Collins, Colorado. Right. I started in San Diego uh, last Sunday, July 4th on Independence Day. And here it is Friday. I've had some setbacks, a couple days off the road with, with tire problems, but I'm, I'm back through Albuquerque and now at Colorado. But uh, I'd like to invite all the listeners to please come to this conference. This is for people that would like to do missionary work, who are leading small ministries, small churches, or people who just want to. And it's going to equip people and and strengthen people. And if you are listening on on Friday, what I'm really excited about is Joel Pete is organizing a program to help leaders come out of COVID. And it's for the spiritual and (laughs) mental well-being of leaders. And all of the classes on the Friday program, the Friday full day session will be centered around that. We'll have experts from all over the country, all over the world to come and speak on that. And then on Saturday, the program is more technically oriented to ministry growth and planning. And so every person, every person who comes is going to leave with a plan for their curriculum for the following year. Huh. And Joel Nagel, who's great at this, is going to be organizing uh, lots of resources for people and have, we'll have different speakers on that, how to get your ministry growing in 2022. And it's just going to give a boost, a leg up for every small ministry leader, whether you're leading in a larger church and you're leading a ministry in it, or you're leading your own small church. And so please come. It's going to be great. I want to ask you, Mike and Jody, are you guys planning on coming? Absolutely. We'll be there. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be great to have you. And uh, thank you so much for this time. Thank yeah. you. Thank Vera. you. Thank you so much for joining the Rob Skinner podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it and how to find it. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.